Right, it's quarter to five, and with me now is Jason Wall's deputy political editor. Hi, Jason. Afternoon, Heather. So I bet you've had calls from both sides telling you how good the FTA is, how crappy the FTA is, yes? Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's start with the biggest cheerleaders of this deal, which is, of course, the New Zealand government themselves. They are chalking this up as a very big win. They say that it's going to grow exports to the European Union by $1.8 billion by 2035. So excuse the pun, that's a big chunk of cheese. Um, the EU is very protectionist, right? This, it's, it's, that's why it's taken so long to get this deal over the line. New Zealand negotiated with what is essentially 27 other countries this year, European Union bloc. So that's a whole lot of um, negotiating to doing. And so in a sense, the fact that the deal has been agreed to in the first place, which removes millions and millions of dollars worth of import taxes from a variety of Kiwi goods is a good thing. But of course... Not everybody is happy. Now, let's start with meat. The Meat Industry Association, which is the main meat lobby group in New Zealand, says that we've got a raw deal. And the deal means that New Zealand's yearly quota of beef export rises from what is now roughly about 850 tons a year up into about 10,000. So it sounds good in theory, but when you look at the European market as a whole, 6.5 million tons of beef is consumed a year. So Beef and Lamb CEO Sam McIver says that they're actually quite small in comparison. We're New Zealand's biggest manufacturer. We're the second biggest exporter. We employ 5% of the population. If you talk about a uh, commercially significant trade deal, it had to have something more. So you have to uh, ask yourselves the question, is it a really uh, good deal for New Zealand when your two biggest industries you know, get pretty inadequate access into what is a very big and uh, lucrative market. Now, interestingly, he's not as much putting the blame back on the government and the negotiators. He's actually putting it back on the EU itself. They talk a big game about our values, you know, and we have aligned values around commitment to climate change, biodiversity, uh, animal welfare, sustainability, etc., etc. But actually, when it comes to the concept of uh, free trade, they don't actually understand the free part of it. And they struggle to understand the trade bit as well. They so meanwhile, National says meat and dairy. If, if if meat and dairy aren't happy with this deal, it's basically worthless, and the government should go back to the drawing board. So as you say, mixed opinions on this one. Um, are we getting somewhere with Ihumato now? Are we? <laughs> well, depends how you look at getting somewhere. So. Picture this, it's late on a Friday afternoon ahead of a three-week recess block, which is the second biggest recess block of the year where the MPs aren't here, the press gallery is not here to ask them questions, and the government has finally provided at least some clarity on the Ihumatao situation. Now, you might remember back in December 2020, the government stepped in to buy the land for $30 million from Fletcher. Now, Fletcher's wanted to build hundreds of houses on this land, but the government stopped them doing that with that deal. Now... After the deal was signed, the government appointed, or said it was going to, a steering committee, which was going to determine the future of the land. And then... <laughs> nothing. Nothing for years and years. And actually, it was... I was thinking about this morning, where are we at with Ihumatao? And Willie Jackson, who's the, the Maori development minister, must have read my mind, because a email came through. So it looks like after two and a half years, this group, this steering group, has finally appointed two Crown representatives. Now, here's what Willie Jackson had to say in this Friday afternoon press, um, press announcement. He said, the role of this group is significant in determining the future use and ownership of Ihumatao. We anticipate 
anticipate this mahi will be completed in five years. That's oh. right. You heard me right. Five years time. You couldn't make this up. So this really, it, it's, it kicked off in 2020. The group hasn't even been established. And they say when it does, it's another five years to go. So if you think about when the protests on the land first started back in 2016, according to Willie Jackson's timeline here, the future of the land won't even be determined what is happening until 2027, more than 10 years later. What? Are, they, are the young people here just because it's it's basically an intergenerational battle, isn't it, between the older members of the iwi and the younger? Are they just trying to kill the older people off? Just wait for them <laughs> to die. I have I couldn't tell you what's happening behind the scenes as well because the oh. kicker of this is Kingi Tanga, which is responsible for appointing the rest of the group. It, it sounds like they haven't even appointed or publicly announced the appointment on their side of this steering Jeez. committee as well. So no wonder Willie Jackson waited to release this information on a Friday afternoon ahead of the second <laughs> quietest time in the political year. Yeah, too right. Now, um, the Chinese government's had a crack at us, but I'll tell you what, it's not much of a crack, eh? We're getting away with a lot here. Well, it was it was quite interesting because Jacinda Ardern has never been too hawkish when it comes to China. And over this week, she said at NATO, China in recent times has also become more assertive and more willing to challenge international rules and more. So for, uh, looking at that as a layman, it doesn't look really that aggressive. But Jacinda Ardern very rarely actually takes cracks at China. And if she does, it is she replies to questions from journalists and said what I've said um, uh, publicly, I've said to them privately. So it was... It wasn't a surprise, actually, that the Chinese embassy came out and are criticizing these comments, saying that they're wrong, regrettable, and misguided, and not helpful for deeping mutual trust. So the Chinese embassy, not happy with this one, and it's interesting to see Ardern taking this course on this one, especially in front of a, a, a group such as NATO. Yeah, um, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. That's Jason Walls, our deputy political editor.